Welcome to Picayune Conversations. Uh, I'm Calvin. This is Lindsay. And, and we're just realizing that we've, I don't think, once ever introduced that way. Nope. <laughs> Whoops. Nope. From now on, we will, though. Courage, you know, courage to be imperfect. This right? is how we do things. We, it is, uh, I've been using this term, uh, bailing wire and duct tape a lot lately that and that's how we do everything it's just kind of thrown together and we kind of cross our fingers and hope that it's helpful and um it's always fun so i think that's part of why we get this far into a project and don't realize realize <laughs> oh yeah we're not doing this thing we should be doing but uh yeah welcome to picky and conversations this is episode i don't even know what it's episode something Season one, which I don't even know if we're ever going to break this up into different seasons. But uh. that's up to y'all. You have to keep watching (laughs) and listening to this banter. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about the importance of intergenerational friendships. The importance of intergenerational friendships. Uh, Where do you want to start? Um, Well, first, I just want to make a comment that I reread your I think it's what I can't remember which chapter it is, but it's near the end of your book about intergenerational relationships and competition and my guy this is such a good chapter oh oh, it's it's so good you gotta read it you gotta read it um but anyway i'm gonna bring up some of the stuff in that chapter but i just wanted to comment that it's fire straight fire yeah i mean i mean maybe that maybe some of what's in there can serve as kind of the jumping off point um it certainly is the case i've observed that there seems to be a lot of hostility uh, between generations right now, um, you know, and some of that, let's say, can is like mildly good humored and whatever we, um, you know, we can see different generations as different as being different cultures. And uh, I think there's a level of kind of good humored um, joking or prodding that can be done between different cultures, just to, in a sense, like, let's let's notice our differences let's let's have a kind of a humorous way of observing these differences but you just took a lot of like my mom she'll say hey did you get my email and i'm like was it an email or was it a text you know what i mean and i'm like i do know what you mean but like you know i'm just i'm just toying with her sure so i feel like okay Love some you. of that can be good natured some of it it uh, and I, I would even say a lot of it uh slips into it's very hostile and I would say very contemptuous, where we look down on people of other generations and we take their differences and kind of weaponize them and uh, portray them and, and think about them as being these very negative things. And part of um, two things about that, I think one that maybe prevents us from moving into intergenerational friendships. But I would also say this, that it's, I think that that's as much a product of, of the lack of intergenerational friendships as it is a cause of uh, there being a lack of intergenerational friendships. Yeah, that makes sense. That was a mouthful, but I, I followed. Yeah, and may, <laughs> I don't know if you can say it more concisely for other people, like what you're hearing. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning, sometimes why we're so contemptuous is, uh, of people of other generations is because we don't even know anybody of another generation, or we don't have a meaningful relationship with them. Yeah, just, um, just a catch-22 there. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things that stands out the most, I think, I think it was in your book, but about the mutual learning that can happen, mm. um, because it's your story about your papa that 
sticks out. And part of the reason that I wanted to do this today is because we just got, I think it was like two weeks ago, we did the Adlerian annual picnic where we got to see all of our friends. A lot of them are in different generations than us, and mm -hmm. they're like dear, dear friends to us. Uh, so I was feeling sentimental and wanted to talk about them more. <laughs> I don't know. Now, you're mentioning this part from the book. Um, I don't know if you want to like unpack that a little bit for folks who maybe haven't read the book so they have a point of contact. Yeah, just like their mutual learning in the sense that we can gain from the wisdom of the old, like their perspectives, you know. Um, the first example that comes to mind is Tim Evans. I think it was back 2021 when we were helping them run the virtual conference and we were walking out to the car and he just kind of mentioned to me, he's like, why, uh, why didn't you teach this year? And, you know, I had some word salad about how I didn't feel like I was very good and I'd you know, I'm no Calvin, and uh, I just was worried I'd screw up. And he just, he literally stopped. He stopped walking and turned to me, and he said, what if it's less about whether you're doing a good job or bad job, but about what you can contribute? And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> you're right. You're right. And I've never forgotten it. And that kind of wisdom, like, he's been where I am now, and he has this wealth of experience that he can pass on to me. And I really love that, but also in the other direction, they can learn from us. And that's what makes me think of your papa and the story where you were at the mall waiting for your mom and <laughs> mamma to get out of Dillard's, yeah. which means hours. Uh, and you were like looking at cars. Why don't you tell that story? I love that story. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a, um, my, my grandfather, we called him papa, papa. He's been, uh, he passed away, I think over 10 years ago now. He's been gone a while, but I have this very, very rich memory of, and we were we were st sitting in the small parking lot. I was really into cars at the time. Like for Christmas, I got a subscription to Car and Driver, Motor Trend, or something like that. I don't know. So I was really into cars, and so every car that would go by, he'd be like, "Well, what's what's that?" And I'd say, "Oh, well, that's a Mitsubishi Galant, or what?" You know, I don't know why that's the car that came to mind. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, boomer. <laughs> yeah, seriously, um, it's a joke. You know, or oh, that's a oh, uh, you know, that's um. Uh, that's an Audi A6 or, you know, whatever it was. And he was so amazed that I knew all of these cars. He was like, you know, when I when I was growing up, you know, it was like a Ford and there was a Chevy. Yeah. And that's like, that's what there was. And, uh, and so he was just blown away by this. And then as the day went on, he said, now that... That's a uh, that's a Ford Taurus, you know, because he had remembered from, yeah. and and then I had this opportunity, uh, you know, at the ripe old age of I don't know, I was probably ten or eleven at the time. I had this opportunity. I was like proud of my elderly grandfather. Mm -hmm. uh, I was like, oh, he's getting it, he's learning, and yeah. I think that that is a picture of a very rare interaction that happens between young and old, where the young have the opportunity to feel proud of the the elderly for for learning um to be a teacher uh is a uh that is it's a dignifying thing to be a teacher and i think sometimes um certainly i think maybe a, a mistake that older generations make about younger generations is that they look at younger generations and they think that all that the younger generation is there to do is to learn right. And I think that's a that's a big mistake. Um, my children are seven and five, and uh, it's important. I I do not do this well all the time, but I think it's important for me on occasion to lean down, get on their level level, and to say, "I'm a learner. Like, what can you teach me about this?" Um, and the thing is, is that 
they have a lot to teach me. And I'm not talking about, I don't know, in some kind of overly sentimental perspective. Like, there's just a lot of stuff that they know about that, like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. They, I don't know. They heard some new song from a friend of theirs at school, and they're like, oh, can we listen to this song? And I'm like, oh, I, don't, I don't know what that is. Um, so to just offer them the opportunity to be teachers, uh, and, and for me as a member of an older generation to be a learner, I think that that is a, um, I think that's an aspect of intergenerational friendship that we're really lacking um, culturally, not so much you and I, because we've had the opposite experience. But. Yeah, which is special. It's so special. Yeah. It also brings to mind um, increased social um, integration. Is that the word I want to use? Because like often as you get older, you feel, and maybe I'm speaking, I'm assuming, but you feel more and more irrelevant. And mm. so I feel like it's a gift, not just like it has been a gift. Like since we joined the Adlerian family, I want to say the tribe, like the way that, like people that shouldn't even be shouldn't be talking to us. We look at our stats on paper. It's like they have no business. I have no business talking to them, but they treat us like equals. Like mm -hmm. the encouragement that like, was such a gift. It felt like I was getting a Mercedes for Christmas or something, you know? Um, but it, I think it can also be a gift in the other way because I think a lot of degeneration comes from loneliness. They don't have any way to contribute, and this is the way that they get to. Like, we get to ask them things and build on the wisdom and perspectives that, that they have, and we get to give them, like, fresh perspectives and energy. I think that's what a lot of our older friends, they just, they, they love our energy, and we're like, we have energy, we're like 35 <laughs> and dragging, you know, but, like, they, they, they love it, you know? Um, yeah. Well, yeah, so maybe the, let's say that a, a, a typical way that an older generation makes a mistake that interrupts intergenerational friendship is to be like, well, I will always be teacher, you will always be learner. But then if we think from younger generations uh, um, interacting with older generations, the mistake that they often make is to think that uh, that there is a kind of irrelevance to an older generation. This, and, and I think this is a mistake. Um, to remember that, you know, somebody has gone before you and, yeah, did they grow up in a wildly different world? Yeah, they. I mean, they did. Like, I, I was talking with my mom one time about my grandmother who was um, – you know, she was kind of a Luddite when it came to technology. She was always, like, very suspicious of technology and didn't want, you know, would say not nice things about technology. But my mom was like, Kevin, you got to remember, like, this is a woman, she was, when she was born, like, telephones were, you know, the like the telephones in the old movies where, you know, you, like, uh, what is it, you hold this thing up to your ear and then you, like, stand close to the wall and talk to the mouthpiece. Like that's the, that's what she was growing up with, and now we have like high speed internet. Like yeah. this, the world has changed so fast, and it's you know it's jarring. But I think sometimes we get a little bit enamored with that, and we think, oh well, they don't know anything. You know, they whatever they've got good life advice for the 1950s, but like what do they know about what it's like to grow up in the 2020s? And to some extent, that's true. And to some extent, it's really not true. Because they had problems, too. Yeah. They have challenges. And in principle, the way that they tackle them is going to be similar in some way, shape, or form. And they've had the experience of more failure and mistakes, so they have a more complete sense of who they are. And well, I, I just even think of, you know, one thing that they have are stories. Yes. And You'll have great stories. Wonderful <laughs> stories. And and. Uh, I think sometimes we e even underestimate the power of a story until we've heard one. Um, and I think about like some of the stories that we've gotten to hear, you know, about like I think of Frank Walton's stories about interacting with Rudolf Trikers. 
Um, actually, I was thinking about Tim while you were telling your story about t- this advice that Tim gave you. Do you remember his story about when he was presenting at a conference and next door, I think this is, I'm like 99, 99% sure this is Tim, but next door, Kurt Adler, Alfred Adler's son was presenting and there was just this raucous applause and laughter and Tim's like running his little workshop next door. You know? <laughs> um, I think that there's like, there's nothing immediately meaningful about that in the sense that I'd be like, well, I need to ask Tim about the time that that happened. But in the telling and in, and in the hearing of the story, um, that I mean, that brought up all kinds of things for me, just an appreciation of humor and not taking yourself too seriously and the dangers of comparative psychological patterns. And, you know, we could fill in the blank with a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I just think that, um, yeah, let's say that the, an elder, uh, the older generations, we need to be maybe leaning in a little bit to thinking of ourselves as learners. Um, and looking for the contributions that these younger generations can make, which are many. Uh, and let's say from uh, a younger generation perspective, to look at um, elder, uh, older generations and to remember that, wow, they have a lot of stories. And can I just listen to the stories without immediately needing to correct them, to identify all the, you know, you know, socio-political, problematic nature of things. And I'm, I'm just, just to be clear, I'm not denying that there are like socially problematic elements to stories, but to like, let's just say, can, can we bring that alongside an openness to listen and to learn and to, uh, to just sit in story, to, to exist in a little bit of a narrative space for a little while before needing to impose all of our um, modern very new moral sensibilities to it, which are perfectly fine to have. I'm not criticizing those, but. Yeah, and just to piggyback off that, I'm just thinking like if we do that for them, they're gonna be more likely to wanna cooperate with us. They're gonna be more willing to hear our new perspectives of tolerance and respect and things like that that they didn't grow up with and they can become more complete. Um, It is scary though, like I'll I'll admit, like even though we're only 35, like (laughs) we joke all the time, like there's all these new words happening all the time, all these (laughs) phrases and I'm just like, and I saw, I think I told you this, I saw in Walmart, a vintage shirt and it had Britney Spears on it and I was like oh cool wait a minute <laughs> yeah that's oh my gosh <laughs> like <laughs> we're vintage it, now like, yeah that was like people when our like when we were that that age wearing like a Pink Floyd t-shirt you know and I'm just like oh my gosh we're old now like we're the old ones and it is it's kind of no, no, scary it's worse than Pink Floyd the Beatles oh the Beatles yeah, yeah it's worse than that <laughs> yeah so but like I'm I'm less afraid because of our intergener- intergenerational that's a hard word intergenerational friendships I'm less afraid of growing old and becoming irrelevant um, yeah. it's, it's quite a gift that they've given me even my older clients like I now it's kind of become sort of a niche but like I have cli- a lot of clients that are my parents age or even older and at first when these older clients would come to see me I'm like like are they really going to want to take advice from like I don't know, is, is that like me getting advice from a 12-year-old? And I'm like, what would be wrong with getting advice from a 12-year-old? You know, and then I have to think about it. But like that I have, they feel genuinely because they keep coming back, that I have something to offer them. Mm-hmm. It It's changed my life um, in a lot of ways. So, yeah, it's a privilege to grow old. And I think we need to see it that way. I, I think you're just making a really beautiful point that I think the way to feeling a sense of equal standing with other people, part of what that requires of us is to treat others as if they have 
equal standing with us. And I'm saying as human beings, I'm not saying all opinions or like ways of doing life are equally valid, but I'm saying as, as our dignity, uh, in, in terms of our dignity and significance as human beings, if we treat others in this way, does that guarantee that they're going to treat us like that in return? No, but it dramatically increases the likelihood of that happening. And so, you know, uh, you know, if you're young and you're worried about your place of significance in the world, you know, com- let's say compared to some older folks, um, make make friends with those people. Uh, listen to them. Ask them to tell you stories. Uh, take joy in your time with them. And uh, let's say you are uh, older and you're a bit worried about getting put out to pasture, um, and you're worried that you might. Sorry, that, that's not makes like me a, so sad. Well, I mean, that's like <laughs> the term like for seeing it. Seeing elderly people standing alone in a field. <laughs> That is a sad image. But, you know, it's like if, if that is a fear and, and I don't yeah. think that that's an illegitimate fear, but to, you know, make friends with some younger people, um, learn a little bit from them. And, or a and, lot, like we have. Or a lot. Or, a lot of our dearest friends now in this realm are older than us. Like, I, I love them. Mm-hmm. I love them, mm-hmm. you know, precisely for who they are. And I'm glad they're not my age. Yeah. Like, I really am. I think. Uh, I feel so Contribution within the context of relationship that is a is a really beautiful way to gain a, a not to gain significance but to gain a sense of our significance um, and I yeah we just uh, test you can we can take this podcast or video or however you're uh, experiencing this uh, we can take it as a testimonial that we are two people who have um, really substantially benefited from friendships with uh, people not in our generation. And that, that includes younger than us too. Yeah. Um, so Absolutely. that's our encouragement to you. I hope this has been helpful and something to think about. Um, and we'll see you next time for episode N plus one, whatever this one is. Such a dark. <laughs> now to be even darker, I want us to both look and smile that way to make it easier. Okay, there we go. Now we can get a little screenshot. To do a screenshot. This it's so just, hard to get a screenshot. This episode is just, we're just breaking the fourth wall uh in a in a way that is interesting so at least it's real life i hope we i hope you are uh chuckling with and at us a little bit so have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll see you next time bye now